Maybe you've told your kids stories uh, when they're going to bed. Mark, I know you've done that. I've done that. You read the kids a story. But sometimes those are just make-believe. How about real-life stories that impact people? And some are funny. Some are serious. We're going to talk more about that in St. Louis Storytell on St. Louis in Tune. Welcome to St. Louis In Tune, and thank you for joining us for fresh perspectives on issues and events with experts, community leaders, and everyday people who are driving change and making an impact that shapes our society and world. I'm Arnold Stricker here with Mark Langston. Mark, how are you, sir? I'm fine. How about yourself? I'm just peachy. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've got my shameless plug for the Bing energizing juice beverage you're gonna get a case of that on your doorstep oh it's great stuff it's great stuff i highly recommend it (laughs) it's got i'll show that on the camera there all the nutrients that you need all the nutrients the the b12s to really boost my energy right so you need it at your age yeah absolutely (laughs) what's your problem (laughs) really there's a lot of things going on there i know it's good to be uh anywhere it's good to be seen yeah good to be alive yeah it's good to be healthy Uh, mm mm-hmm So it's good to return to civility, too, because we need to be civil in our society. Stick to general, uncontroversial topics early in a conversation. This is is really good good advice. (laughs) No one needs to hear your opinions on politics, religion, or other controversial topics the first time you talk with them. Now, some people really can't help themselves. No, they can't. (laughs) They they just wear it like a placard. Or Taylor Swift. You can probably Uh, have heard of that list, too. (laughs) (laughs) Only if you're in in that conspiracy theory realm. No, sorry. (laughs) So stick to general, uncontroversial topics early in a conversation, unless you're a 49ers fan. Wow. (laughs) I know. Then it's too late. It is too late. It's swirling about that Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh. I think I read something. Taylor Swift was actually the whole total camera time they gave her. I'm maybe wrong by very close. Fifty four seconds, the whole game. Somebody apparently had a bet. It was a bet that she would appear eight times during the course of the Super Bowl, and it was a twenty thousand dollar bet. Ooh, I like it. They also bet on the color of the the Gatorade that they pour over the coach. Oh yeah. There's even a there's even a bet on that. It should have been clear. Is it red or green? Or there were pink? bets on every single sure, play. Yeah. Heck yeah! It was crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That is crazy. And now our but, legislature, part of the professional sports teams in the area, they're really pushing for that hmm. professional betting to be yeah. placed on the ballot. Actually, get the legislature passes that. You know what I say? We need more vices. <laughs> well, you know, but they're doing it for the kids, Mark. Yeah. Oh, sure. Just like the lottery tickets yeah. were supposed to go to education. And just like legalizing marijuana. <laughs> Stoke up for the kids. Come on. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole other show. You did that a long time ago. I'm sorry to say. You've I'm been just treading water right now. Been, right. We have yeah. Peggy Ray in studio. Peggy is project manager for St. Louis Storytel, which is a group that cultivates truth and beauty i love this through Mm. stories fellowship and fun yeah they build relational connection in a community and cultivate this sense of creativity via storytelling true life experiences peggy welcome to st louis in tune hey thanks so much for having me on mark nope hey Uh, yeah we're so glad to be here so glad to just tell more people about st louis storytell and what we're doing and really excited to talk to you guys and what is st louis storytell Primarily, St. Louis Storytel is an event series, and a lot of the listeners might be familiar with the Moth Story Hour uh, through NPR, and it, the it's a similar idea. It's six people go on stage at each event and tell a real story from their life. The stories are supposed to be between 10 and 20 minutes. It must be something that actually happened to you, and we have three stories and then an intermission and then three more stories, and we've been doing this for about 10 years, so we've seen it all. But each event has a theme. And so that's what brings it all together. Uh, The themes we try to make really broad, but also to have a just a thin line through the stories that are going to be able to connect the whole event together. And there's an event I want to let folks know. We're going to talk about this a little bit more, but it's February 24th. It's you can get information on Purple Pass. That's where you can get some tickets. It's at the Green Finch Theater. Yeah, Green Finch Theater and Dive. 
and and the theme is crime and punishment. You can also go to STL. Just Google STL Storytell, St. Louis Storytell, and you get some information. And it's actually on Facebook also. So, how what were the origins of this? Because I read some things and talked to Jen a little bit, who was the founder of this. That it was just some kind of spontaneous thing that was focused at one particular house and then it's just blown up. That's exactly right. So uh, our founder, Jennifer Wayne Scott, is, is a, a, a big fan of storytelling, of just stories in general. Uh, she herself is a therapist, so she does a lot of story work with clients. And she was a big fan of the Moth Story Hour uh, through NPR. And so about 10 years ago, she threw a um, – this, this is very gin. She throws these very niche, strange parties. <laughs> and that's another story I could tell you about her birthday party. That was a birthday based on murdering people with potatoes. And everyone had to bring their own story about how they would murder someone. <laughs> Mashed or diced or uh, scalloped. <laughs> it was truly kooky. Uh, so Jennifer, in her fashion, throws a housewarming party. And she says it's a storytelling party. So she uh, grabbed me and a couple of other of her friends and threw up a stage and we told stories and it was just thrown together. Um, and then after that, people were saying, hey, when's the next when's the next storytelling party? When's it going to be? And so she's like, ah, let's yeah. do it again. And she kept doing it until St. Louis Storytell was born. And now it's a much more complex event with a lot more going into it, a lot more intention. But the heart of just getting people together and telling real stories, listening to someone's experience, listening to what they've been through, really seeing them, and even seeing yourself in their story, huh. the heart is still there. Now, I've listened to some of these, and it's like you're not just uh-huh. – it's very – it's like reading a book. It's like right. listening to a book. Yeah, how, people really deliver. How often do they do? How often do you do the stories? Tell so we do it anywhere from three to four times a year. Okay, um, so and quarterly, so maybe. for uh, the team of us who are putting it together, it's none of us. It's our main gig. So this is something that we're doing on the side mm-hmm. and and it actually takes a lot of work to put the events on because not so much because of the event and throwing that we've gotten that to a well-oiled machine but because of the prep work that we do with the storytellers. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that we try to reiterate is that anybody can tell a story. You don't have to be funny, you don't have to be good. Mm-hmm. We really push away from this is not stand-up comedy. The audience is ready to laugh, but they're not there to, to be entertained. They're there to see you and your real story. And we have a, a creative team that works with each person who pitches. You might not even go on stage depending on how many people pitch stories for each event, mm-hmm. but everybody who pitches a story gets to go through a 1-hour workshop with our creative team mm-hmm. and we have coaching through, you know, helping people work through their story, helping people get prepared to go on stage, and it's just a really incredible experience to go through that even before you get the chance to go on stage. What, what kind of audience uh, participation do you get? Not participation, but how, how uh, big of an audience do you So see? we, I would say a typical crowd for us is around 75 people. Mm-hmm. Before COVID, we were hitting 100, and then we, the, the pandemic really – uh, we just stopped basically, and then we've been rebuilding. And we'll, I think, probably this year we'll get back up to that 100 or even push past that. But uh, the audience is actually one of the most neat, special things. Uh, again, Jennifer, our founder, has really coached our audience to be empathetic and and she begins each event telling the audience who they are. And it, it's really interesting because I actually moved in the beginning years away from St. Louis and then came back. And so I had told a couple stories and then I come back and I tell a story and I'm all ready to be funny and make fun of myself. And I found the audience a little too empathetic. I was up there trying to dig on myself and they were this, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so I, I really wasn't ready for how Jennifer had shaped the audience to meet the storyteller and to not t- let the storyteller take jabs at themselves. Of course, we laugh at ourselves. We don't take ourselves too seriously. But it's a really neat environment where people are just ready to empathize and ready to listen and, and ready to laugh and ready to just enjoy the storyteller, whether they're a great entertainer or not. We're there to listen, and it, it's a really neat experience to it, be at a show. It makes me think of this question, and it may seem like a real weird question. Why do people like to hear stories? 
Mm. Yeah, I think you see everybody is obsessed with taking in content, right? Like watching shows, watching movies, watching Instagram and all this. And I think all of us want to be a part of a bigger story. We want to be a part of something. We want things to make sense. Even if you have no kind of core beliefs about what is this whole world and what's it all about, you want it to mean something. And so we love to to connect with a story and we love to see ourselves in that story. And we've had I've had so many experiences where I'm in the audience and I've there's somebody up there and we are so different. It's such a different background. But there's a core emotion of what they're going through. And I may have never been through what they've been through, but all of a sudden I'm going, "Oh man, I've been there. I can identify with that. Yes, yes. And so we just love it. We love to be part of it. We love to be connected to each other. And there's something very real and something very beautiful about a live experience oh, where yeah. you're doing that. Listening to the stories on online is really great too. But being in the room and seeing these different and hearing these different stories, is it's powerful. It is like live theater. Because right. when I was listening to some of the things online and just the videos and it's great and some of them are very humorous and you hear the audience laugh in the background when somebody says something right. and it did remind me a little bit about stand-up mm-hmm. comics but people aren't there to get laughs yes right? they're there to tell that story how did you i know you were involved in the first one but how did you become project manager in this whole thing yeah so basically up to the uh, uh up to about Two, three years ago, I was just a storyteller. I was the person Jen would call and say, uh-oh, we, we don't have enough pitches. Can you get up there? And I'm going, what have I done that's related to family matters? Okay, I got a family. All right, let's go. I fill in, and I, I just love to be on stage. I love to tell stories. But I also love to plan, and I love to execute. And Jennifer, who know the kind of the creative mind behind uh, the team, I, I wanted to help her get some structure so that she wasn't doing everything. She was doing everything. And so I came in um, just as a volunteer uh, just to say, hey, let me help you get some – let me help you – let me volunteer to help you get some volunteers. You know, let me uh, put some structure to the things that you you are just doing by nature. But let's get some of that off of your plate so that you can focus on the creative team, Hmm. which she's done an amazing job building. We have her and Audrey Fields, another – creative team member who they have really just fine-tuned this process of connecting with people, helping them get to the core of their story, and doing some of that that deeper work to help people really tell the story as it happened to them. Hmm. And so my job, I think, is either to get on stage and tell a story or help Jennifer help get all of that extra stuff out of the way so she can lead the creative team and do some of that more creative core work of what we're doing. You talked about the creative team, and this is Arnold Strick with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. We're talking to Peggy Ray. She's project manager for St. Louis Storytel, which has an activity on February the 24th. The creative team. So if Mark or I have a story that, and we have an interest in this, we go to your website, and I know there's there's something on here that that says, "Hey, if if you've got a, a pitch, yep, and we fill out a little thing Form. there, mm-hmm. how much information do you need? Yeah. What do you do with that information? Really, we're we're certainly in the business of putting on great shows, which we do every time, and but. At, at the core, we are in the business of helping people to connect with their own stories. Mm-hmm. And that is what we want to do. And so you don't have to have some great story to tell. Basically, you've got to have kind of an idea of something that happened and a feeling of something happened. Uh-huh. And I think I could talk about it <laughs> yeah. for a little minute. And so you just send us, we have a little Google forum. You send your name, you send basically a bullet point of this is the story that I think I would tell. And then we have a section two that's what are you needing help with? Do you need help with the structure of the story? Do you need mm-hmm. help with the confidence to get on the stage? Uh, do you need help with getting to the core of why you want to tell this story? Mm-hmm. And so you send that off and we set up workshops. So we call it a creative workshop. Um, And each person who pitches a story gets to meet with a creative team to workshop their story. And even some people want to 
do a second workshop depending on where they are with the story and if they need a lot of help because we do have people come in and they have basically an idea but they don't know how am I going to wrap this into a clear plot Mm -hmm. and be able to kind of tell this in 10 minutes but give enough context to tell this story so people can at times need two sessions basically mm-hmm. yes um <laughs> i'm laughing i just know people that are just go on and on about a story yes so i appreciate what you're saying there yeah uh, and it's i do have to admit the last time i told a story i went almost 20 minutes so <laughs> it happens sometimes we get a little we get a little long-winded or what happens to me and yeah. some of our some of the of folks us. who go up we All get up us. on stage right. the audience is loving you you're loving the audience <laughs> and you just keep on you you're just on can't roll. stop okay. so we we do try to coach people on repeating you know, themselves. Yes, <laughs> we we actually just instituted. You've got to send in an audio version to us <laughs> you? Uh, to, of yeah. you telling the story to just okay. make sure um, critique it. You got to critique them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we. I mean, we want to help people out. And yes, good. I don't want to go too long, but again, I told you about, <laughs> and, and here I am. Not okay. the, oh my gosh, uh, twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're done, thanks, Peggy. <laughs> So my first workshop experience, because like I said, I left and then I came back and they had started this workshopping. I came in with a story and basically I'm like, here's this funny story. And this is my this funny story from my childhood. And oh, I was getting into trouble and this and that. And I met with someone who's not on the work on the creative team anymore. But she's just prodding me. Okay, what's what's this about? Why do you remember this? Why do you remember this story from when you were seven? Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, okay. You're prodding me. And, and it, it, we get to the core and it's, oh, this isn't a story about me getting in a neighborhood fight. This is a story about me and my mom. Mm-hmm. And it was so profound. And it, it's still a hilarious story. You can go listen to it. Uh, it's, oh, what's it called? Now I don't even remember, but I can send it in the show uh, notes. But it's a, it is a hilarious story. But After working through my workshop, I realized that there were these core reasons why I remembered that story. And so I was able to bring not just something for people to laugh at, which it was enjoyable, but something for people to connect to Mm -hmm. and in a deeper way. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to help people to to tell their stories and to connect on a human level with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So there's reasons why we remember certain things. Uh And does this link back to Jen's background in as a licensed therapist or Yeah, I think I do think so. I think that she's had enough experience in the counseling office to see that you have memories for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. And as much as we like to think of ourselves as these independent people who are completely in charge and intentional about everything we mm-hmm. do, we're not. We're people who are formed by what has happened to us and what Mm -hmm. we've done. And it is worthwhile and it is really important to narrate that. And I'm doing that exact same thing with my kids. If they go through something difficult, we're talking it through. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what neuroscience is saying. We've Mm got to, we've got to talk, we've got to tell our stories, we've got to narrate what happens. And it actually gives us the power to understand ourselves and to understand others. I think that's fascinating that you go to that kind of detail to, to bring that out. Somebody's just not repeating this, why do you remember this? Why is this important to you? Mm-hmm. Because then I think it has more meaning. It's like right. when you read a book, there's some, they didn't write the book just to make money. They wrote the book for a specific reason. Right. It's finding out what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you come to the event, you're not aware of all the work that's going into this. No I mean, doubt. hours yeah. and hours of work that we're working with storytellers, some of whom don't even come on stage. But sometimes we've got 10-plus pitches who we're workshopping with every single person at least once, and only six people are going on stage. So there's a ton of work, and it's a such a cool thing for the audience and for people who come, but even more for the storytellers. And we have, oh, what is her name? A woman, I think it's Caroline Manolo, who she told this story, and she's talking about how her – Herself as a young woman, she was so shy. And she was, I remember specifically her saying that she opened her closet. It was full of books. And she said, oh, my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so she tells this story about her shy self. And then the story ends and everyone is just in an uproar. Mm -hmm. The audience is just clapping. And you just see her like, she's just 
We all can't believe it. Look at you. You're on stage. (laughs) You shy, shy girl. We love the shy girl and we love this woman that you've become to where that is still part of you. And yet you have grown to somebody who can just be enjoyed on stage by 75 or 80 people. And that's a big deal because some people do not like to speak in front of other people. And some people love to be the center of attention and get up there. I'm sure you have, you're saying all kinds yes. of on the spectrum there. Yes, with that that's right. Yeah, I love a microphone. Actually, can I take this home? I, <laughs> I, I, I love a microphone. I love to be on stage. I, mm. I love that. And that's me. But that, yeah, we really try to reiterate this. This isn't actually about entertainment. And this isn't just for people who are funny or who like being on stage. This is for people. This is for people who have a story and everybody has a story. Do you find sometimes when people have gone through the process and they're going to be on stage that when they get up there and they see the response from the audience that things tweak a little bit, things either get better or they get distanced out there or I got to reel you back in or why did you say that because that's not where we're going with that or... Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) People get on stage and like myself, I'll get carried away. I just start making jokes and I just can't stop. And I'm, (laughs) Jen's in the back going, come on. Wrap it up. up. All right, Uh, And and we have, you know, that, I think that is a common thing that you're just, you're not ready for how embraced you're going to be. And so maybe you're not aware of how comfortable you're going to be. And so Mm -hmm. you just keep going. Or on the other end, I think some people who are quite nervous get on stage and find that it's actually quite comfortable Mm. um, because of the nature of the audience and and the willingness to engage and embrace the storyteller. Uh, But we, we definitely have times where somebody gets on stage and they just don't do what we talked about <laughs> in, the, in the workshop. And it's one of those, well, yeah. okay, we, we saw you. We still connected with you. We still, we heard some things, but we, we're, we're sad when that happens because it's we missed you. Yeah. We, you oh, prepared and you had something to tell and you ended up shifting for whatever reason, got nervous or got forgot or whatever. And that's okay. And that comes back to it's, it is an event. It's not an entertainment event. It's a connection event. That's a. It's an important point. Yeah. It's a connection event. Mm-hmm. We'll have to talk more about that. Uh, we've been talking to Peggy Ray. She's project manager for St. Louis Storytell. They have a, an activity, which is coming up February the 24th. We're going to talk about that after the break. So we'll be right back for our next segment of the show. You are listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune. At St. Louis in Tune, we strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. 
If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis in Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis in Tune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We are talking to Peggy Ray. She's project manager for St. Louis Storytell. And they have an activity coming up February the 24th. And that's at the Green Finch Theater. And you can get some tickets for that on Purple Pass. Or if you go to just Google St. Louis Storytell, they have a Facebook and a, a web page. But this is a showcase in which six people will tell a short true story from their own life on stage to a live audience and the admission price is $15 the time is 7 to 9 p.m. doors open at 6:30 the greenfinch theater is at 2525 south jefferson and it will hold about oh. 80 people. So how do you get the event theme, Crime and Punishment? Maybe that's <laughs> appropriate for St. Louis. I don't know. <laughs> did I say that? I guess you did. Um, I don't know. We really try to provide uh, a theme that is broad enough that a lot of people are going to have a, an idea for a story, uh, but specific enough that it's going to narrow in the event. And so... I think we've just got a running list of ideas and we bounce off of each other. Do you think this will work? Do you think people are going to have them? This is actually one of been, we've gotten less pitches for this one, which we were surprised about. Mm. We thought it was a easy one, but people have struggled. I think maybe because they're thinking like big crime and mm-hmm. going to jail right, and right. that big is heist. Yeah. one way, but I think I'm going to tell a story about TPing soccer field when I was in high school and I know I can't find I don't <laughs> no, that's the right one do the themes do you have these themes already set up so when I go to your website it says the theme for our next storytell yes. is this yes that's right so we really when we're advertising we're trying to push out the theme to get to to get an idea of what you're coming into and to get a little bit of particular excitement related to this next event. Do you do you post the next one after that too, so I can start maybe planning long term? So we do. We announce the event usually about six weeks ahead of time, or we will we'll announce the date, but we announce the theme about six weeks ahead of time, and that's when we start taking pitches. Mm. Wow, that's a yeah. short window to seems like put it. all those yeah. things together with the, uh, the team and the workshops. It really is, and, and part of it is that. People need a little boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people, they they want to try it. Maybe they've been to an event. Maybe they've been to two or three events. Uh, maybe they've never been on stage before or aren't really used to talking about their story or themselves in a organized way. And so I think if we did it much longer, we would, people would really lose steam. You re- we really want somebody to have an idea. We're following up quickly. And then there's a quick turnaround where we put out the lineup and people are going on stage. Do you encourage like an outline or people to write this down? Or obviously you said record it. Yeah. So different people do it different ways. Like for instance, Audrey, our other creative team member, she always writes it out. She writes out her whole story and then she'll practice saying it. For me, I record myself telling it, and then I listen to that, which I then write down so that I can edit it, and that's the best way for me. But some people would be better with an outline or bullet points, and some people really, they just, until they get into the workshop, they haven't really told through the whole story. So that's typically the first thing that they do in the creative workshop is, okay, just your story as it is now tell it to me like you were going on stage. And some people are pretty close to what they'll end up being, and mm. some people are just fumbling through. And I bet some people are surprised at how short or how long 
their story is when they actually right. start to say it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. You might have an idea or it feels the story feels so big to you mm-hmm. and then you tell it and it's been two and a half minutes and right. we're, we're gonna have to fill that in a little <laughs> you got any you know any jokes yes. <laughs> so mark you were talking about some of the previous one they had a, a theme called lights out mm. and one of the stories was the day i died <gasps> another one yeah <laughs> the mummy girl oh, it's another Okay. And then another theme, was it worth it? Oh, uh, yeah. And some of the <laughs> oh, yeah. the oh. minivan, was it worth it? Yep. Another name was three letters, so it's hard to say what they're really involved. But those are on Spotify. They're also on their website, folks, so you can listen to that. What's this venue like so people can – Yeah. because it's not like a concert venue. I go to a concert venue in some of these places. Right. There's no place to sit. Okay, I'm not elderly. I'm seasoned. I'm not totally out <laughs> to pasture yet, but I do not like – like to stand. Sorry. It just fit. Okay. People, what? You're older than I am. What are you talking about? People like to sit. Uh, you know what? This is so the Greenfish Theater and Dive, it's a brand new black box theater. These these two guys, Colin and Bradley, have started this really neat theater and they have taken remember the way out? The way out was an old bar down on Jefferson Jefferson. there. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and so they've taken the way out. They've fixed it up. They've put in an amazing new bar, and they've Mm -hmm. turned the other side of this venue into this black box theater. And they've had – they have – live shows they have plays they have different kind of theater events and it's it's a really neat space and so there's chairs and the only problem for us is hopefully lord willing we're going to grow out of it because they only fit about 80 right now but it is it's a really neat space and they have lighting and just everything for a a nice theater because we Mm. love the kind of look that we like is the standing mic Mm -hmm. and the spotlight and Mm -hmm. it's all about this person telling the story and we actually we really don't like people to take Take the mic out right. of the stands. It's this thing of you're up there and it's just you and you're not moving. You're just there. And so we love the the theater vibe. And people are c- certainly sitting down. Like you're an audience. You're not there. You're not there to, to jump around. You're there to listen. So are these – are the plans getting bigger and bigger? Like I'm thinking like where do you guys want to be in – four or five years you want to have a regular routine in a theater where they're like embrace st louis storytell and now it's a paid staff and nobody has to volunteer anymore are you guys a 501c3 are you taking Uh, donations or what's the deal so we we are an llc we established ourselves as an llc last year there there's a bit of there's a bit of tension between the founder jennifer and me because i want to be i want to go full blast i want to go in the fill up the old ram stadium and i charge (laughs) 75 bucks a pop and I, I want to make money and I want to tell the world right. and we're going to be in <sighs> Turkey doing our next show. And, and Jennifer has a little bit more of the, the creator's heart and wanting to do it well and, and keep it local and keep it small. And yeah, I'm heading for maybe next Super Bowl halftime show. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna be just blowing it out of the water and we'll be rich and all of that. So I think for now, <laughs> the three a year and maybe we could shoot for a 150 audience next year. That is really what makes a great team, though, yeah. when you have somebody who's very creative. And I'm not saying this about Jen, but this is just my generalization is – they're not they want to keep that that's their focus and then somebody else who's the organizer or who mm-hmm. the logistics person and when you get a match together like that you really have yeah, developed yeah, yeah. a great team and i you know, i can see that maybe you go to 150 seats mm-hmm. or even 100 and people they sell out way ahead of time yeah and because of the quality that's there and it's mm-hmm. just a matter of Keeping the quality and then inching it up as it goes, and it's it's a real difficult process. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, we've just had a lot of fun, and it is, I think, in part, Jennifer is still just baffled that at how popular it has been and how stable. And we've been doing this for ten years, and and she's really just done a great job, and the quality has remained. and And I think the other thing is that at the core, it's about people. And and it's about people and their stories and really connecting. And so we don't want to lose that core of the meaning of it all. But, okay. Uh, now I'm going to put Peggy on the spot, Mark. <laughs> this is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune, and we're interviewing Peggy Ray, project manager, manager for St. Louis Storytell. Peggy, give us a storytell. St- give us a story. A story? Give us a story. So people can understand mm-hmm. – 
what this is all about and okay. what they can look forward to. Don't give them the one that you're going to do February oh, well, that's what 24th. I was do. Okay. Now she's thinking. I, I put her on the spot, <laughs> yes, and I'm going to talk a little bit so she can think. Yeah. Okay. okay so she can so. get her thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Again, folks, the upcoming event is February the 24th. If you want to get tickets, you can go to Purple Pass, PurplePass.com, and just plug in St. Louis Storytell. Storytell is one word. Uh, it's the Crime and Punishment Saturday, the 24th at 7 p.m. Online sale ends the 24th, right before the show starts. It's at the Greenfinch Theater on 2525 South Jefferson. Admission is $15. There's only 80 tickets available, and six people are going to tell a short, true story from their own life on stage to a live audience. And that's Purple Pass. Purple Pass, P-A-S-S. And, and we also do a lot on Instagram, so you can find us on Instagram, St. Louis There Story you go, St. Louis Storytell on Instagram, okay. and they have a Facebook page. The website is through Wix, so it's got Wix site in it. But if you Google St. Louis Storytell, you'll find it. Okay. All right. All right. How many minutes do I have for this story? Okay. Two? Let's say – how many? What would you say? Two. Uh, you want to do two minutes? Yeah, we can give you – I'm going to need at least two minutes, guys. Oh, yeah. I can – I think we, we can give you at least eight or ten. There. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, great. How long do you think you need? I, I, I'll do a short version. I could do it. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, time me here. Okay. Let's time me. Okay. So this is a story that I told at an event last February, and it's a vulnerable story. And I'm and I don't know how you can go on Spotify and listen to the full thing because I don't know how vulnerable I'm going to be on the radio. But I this time last year, my my oldest son was really having a lot of trouble, and he was so he was five at the time and just acting out a lot, having a lot of struggles, and well, he would just be just a five-year-old kid. I have two other small children, so at the time they were one and two. And I was doing bedtime, and I'm putting the be- uh, the kids to bed, and, and I can just tell that my five-year-old, his name's Eli, is he's just in that kind of mischievous mood. And I'm just like, go get in the bath. I'm putting the babies down, go get in the bath. And then he's not getting in the bath. So again, I'm just, I'm starting to get frustrated and, and I'm, I'm tired. It's the end of the day. I'm doing all this and I'm just worn out and I'm just, okay, go get in the bath. So then I'm putting my other babies to bed. I've got my little baby son, Zeke, and I've got my older daughter, Lizzie, and I'm putting Lizzie to bed and I'm trying to change her diaper and she just does not want me to change her diaper. She is just, and so I'm doing a whole dance and show uh, so that she'll let me wipe her butt. I am just, I'm being fun, mom. I'm just trying to convince her to let me clean her butt and getting her to bed, getting her in PJs, get the baby, take him to bed. He's just perfect angel. Just put him in bed. We're done. If it was just him, we'd just be flying to the moon. Like, he's so easy. So then I hear my son mom come here and i'm already so mad and i don't even know what i'm about to walk into but i'm i am i'm getting super frustrated and it, and it's i'm putting these kids to bed i i i'm doing all this on my own i'm i'm I, and i'm just i'm worn out and so i just i'm like okay keep it cool i walk into the bathroom and and there's my son and he's in the bath Fully clothed. <laughs> and the shoes on too. Oh, and there are like dirt clods floating around <laughs> in the bath. And I just, I react because I'm mad. And he sees it because this is what he's looking for. But then I just, and I'm like, okay, you're going to have to rinse those clothes out, bud. So I leave and I'm starting to get really mad. And this is the kind of thing where, you know, as a parent, we've all had these moments where our anger doesn't match the situation. And and you're overwhelmed and you got to deal with yourself, but you also have this huge weight of I've got to take care of these kids, but I'm starting to get to the point where I'm like too angry. So it's, uh, it's building up, but I'm just, I'm like, I'm the mom. It's okay. Let's go back to my daughter doing my song and dance, put her to bed. And I come back to check on my son, and he has dumped a bucket of dirty laundry 
into the tub. So there's 10 to 15 pieces of clothes in the tub, and I am furious. I mean, I am just like so angry because I'm thinking I haven't even done the dishes yet. Like I have so much to do after this. And now we've got all these clothes. They're soaked. I can't leave them there. I'm going to have to wash these tonight or at least rinse them out and hang them up. And I'm just, I'm so mad, but I just, I keep it together. And then he sees that I keep it together. So he throws a clothing at me and y'all, I threw it back at him. (laughs) I was so mad. And I'm just like, I And so then it's just, okay, I'm literally in a fight with this kid. I'm just beyond. And I got to leave because I'm so angry and I'm just getting really mad. And you get to this point where you're like, why doesn't he get it? Why doesn't he get it? I'm so frustrated. I'm so angry. I'm like at the point of tears over this thing that like now looking back, it's just all silly. But in the moment I was furious. I'm a single mom taking care of three kids. I'm doing everything for my kids. And it's extremely hard. And of course... This five-year-old doesn't get it. But in my mind, I'm like, why are you adding another thing to my plate? And I'm, I'm like crying. I'm just not okay. So I like get my daughter to bed and I'm so furious and I just like stomp back in. And I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And then... I just sit in the dirt bath with my son and I just sit there and the water, the dirt water is soaking into my jeans and soaking into my socks. And I am y'all fuming. Anger is like spilling over my whole body, but I'm like, I have to be the mom. So I'm going to get in the dirt bath and My son, who has just been, like, wanting to pick at me and wanting to, like, get me, it's like he, he like, softens and he just falls into my arms. And I am furious. And I am so tired. And I'm going to have to clean all of this up myself. But he isn't thinking about that. He just wanted mommy. And I was there. Doing the best I could in the dirt bath. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Take a bow. That's good. That's good. How, how long was that? Seven minutes, actually. Right at seven minutes. Very good. Took right me 40 minutes. in the show. <laughs> Very good. I think in the show I actually did about eight minutes of intro. I wanted people to get. Yeah. Because not everyone gets that feeling of. I was starting to get frustration, it. No, a was, frustration, yeah. and, and the kind of almost panicky feeling you have as a parent when you have to care for this mm-hmm. person or people, and you are starting to fear that you're not going to be able to do that. Wow! And a single parent that has to be—that's a whole nother, just a whole nother level. I can't even right. imagine. Yeah, no, just not being able to tap out. Yeah, good way to put it. <laughs> Thank you, Peggy Ray. That's wow. great. That's amazing. If you want to hear more, I do of those kinds of I stories. Do, I do. Yeah, I, this is great. I think they should put together a CD or something or a yeah. book with all these. Yeah, I, I'm going. Where are they all? They're all on YouTube. They're all, all on Spotify. They're on yeah. Spotify, on Spotify. Yep. right? And there are some on SoundCloud. I'm looking at some on SoundCloud, but you can get the the most recent ones on Spotify. Yep. And check that out, folks, because this is great. And don't forget, you can go see this in person. Go to the Purple Pass. P-U-R-P-L-E-P-A-S dot com, and in the search engine, put St. Louis Storytell. You'll come up with the event, which is Saturday the 24th at 7 p.m. Admission is $15. Peggy, thanks for coming on St. Louis in Tune. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's been great. Wow, that's been unbelievable kinds of stuff there. All right. Are we going to break? We can go to break, yes. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. This is 
Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in tune on behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation. In 1857, the Dred Scott decision was a major legal event and catalyst that contributed to the Civil War. The decision declared that Dred Scott could not be free because he was not a citizen. The 14th Amendment, also called the Dred Scott Amendment, granted citizenship to all born or naturalized here in our country and was intended to overturn the U.S. Supreme Court decision on July 9, 1868. The Dred Scott Heritage Foundation is requesting a commemorative stamp to be issued from the U.S. Postal Service to recognize and remember the heritage of this amendment by issuing a stamp with the likeness of the man Dred Scott. But we need your support and the support of thousands of people who would like to see this happen. To achieve this goal, we ask you to download, sign, and share the one-page petition with others. To find the petition, please go to dredscottlives.org and click on the Dred Scott Petition Drive on the right side of the page. On behalf of the Dred Scott Heritage Foundation, this has been Arnold Stricker of St. Louis in Tune. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. What a great time there, Mark. Really is. I love the stories. Yeah, Peggy Ray telling, telling stories. Telling stories. <laughs> we should be around a campfire. I think. Oh yeah, telling some stories be, like ooh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we'll do and that I, without the smoke. I know. We should ask her. Do any spooky stories? Do they do ooh, any spooky stories? That would be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No spooky stories. Spooky stories. All right. Our word for the day. Uh oh. Amal- <laughs> Most people know this one. Amalgamate. Amal- to mix or merge so as to make a combination. Blending. Mm. or unite we do an amalgamated show mm-hmm. we blend a lot of things together and, and you have some days of the day today yeah there it's a interesting let me go to the top of the list here uh, galentine's day oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> galentine's yeah it's where the gals have a valentine i guess it's the gals all to get together and it's where the ladies the mm. girls get together so it's gals like gals i don't think we're supposed to Called girls, gals, are we? <laughs> I think that one's still okay. Is that okay? That's yeah. still okay. Okay. It's a guyantine day. God, no, they don't do the guys. No, the guys don't. No, no, we don't get it. I know. A safer internet day. I know. That's every day. That's it. That's right. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I don't know. I haven't really looked at these. Get a different name day. This is the day when the famous edges. What's your name? Does that matter? Does it matter what your name is? Sure. It's National Kiss Day. Mm. Is Smo- that the group or? Smoochin' Day. Okay, You're supposed to smooch. You can yeah. smooch on Galentine Day? Uh-huh. And yeah. Mardi Gras. It's Mardi Gras time. All right. Yeah. Don't forget that. National Apology Day. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I kissed, kissed you at Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> National Breakup with Your Career Day. <laughs> <laughs> because your name wasn't very good and you kissed somebody. So you're done with your career. <laughs> Oh, here we go. National Cheddar Cheese Day. You like cheddar cheese? I love cheddar cheese. Do you? Yeah. You're, you're cheesy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Crab Rangoon Day. Ooh, yes. Really? Yes. I just had Crab Rangoon yesterday. I had some, yeah, what do they call it? Sushi. Mm. You ever, you like sushi? I like sushi. Huh? Let me Only see. Only from certain places. National Tortellini Day. Do you like? I like tortellini. This is yeah. the food portion yeah, the food, of our yeah, show. Food time. <laughs> <laughs> National Wingman Day. There's the one. So you got the gal Galentine, and then it's National Wingman Day. Now, is that somebody who eats wings? Oh that, no, it's like your aircraft. Yeah, it's your belly. No, your buddy. Your belly. Not your buddy. It's your buddy. Your friend. Okay. And then my favorite today is who knew World Radio Day. Ooh. Celebrating and find out how radio is still changing lives across the globe. Pong. I know. And radio. I tell you what. When TV came on, they said radio would be dead. And nope, nope. radio's not dead. Still around. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Nope. You can do other things while you listen to the radio. That's correct. That's the beauty, I think, you of can radio. Drive the car and watch TV, or clean the Some house. People or, try to do that. Yeah, or build a house. Yeah, right. you can do a lot of things while you are engaged in listening, listening. to whatever the heck is going on That's the radio. Correct. And That's then, of correct. course, tomorrow is the big, I guess, Ash Wednesday. Yeah, a Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day too, yeah, right? the big Valentine's Day. And I have mixed feelings about Valentine's Day. <laughs> First of all, it's on the 14th. And if you get paid on the 1st and the 15th, 
you're and you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're having trouble because you don't get paid till tomorrow, till the next I day. I bought my wife's flowers last week. Did you? Yes. Are they still alive? They're still alive. See, that's the problem I had. I live paycheck to paycheck, and I can't go ahead like that, or I'll have a, a big problem. <laughs> okay. So I thought this was interesting. Uh, we have some phrases. I'm just going to do one phrase because I have four pages of these things. Oh my. The phrase, go the, go the whole nine yards, means try to do your best at something. Mm-hmm. The origin of that was during World War II, fighter pilots, uh-huh. the cases only held nine yards of ammunition. So when they ran out, it meant oh. they had tried their best at fighting off the target with the entirety of their ammunition. Who knew that? Yeah, a lot of those phrases I have no a idea. kind of okay. a military background. I had no idea. So here's a couple other things. This is to lighten your day. You have more? Oh, I, this is now we've... We're really running out of time. Our amalgamation is now <laughs> into the jokes. Okay. Don't worry about getting older, folks. You're still going to do dumb stuff, only slower. Yes, you will. That's true. I told my daughter to check her attitude, and she looks at me and said, for complaints about attitude, please contact the manufacturer. No. 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 A boy who is aged four, he says, Dad, I've decided to get married. And Dad says, wonderful. Do you have a girl in mind? Yes, Grandma. She said she loves me. I love her, too. And she's the best cook and storyteller in the whole world. Dad, that's nice. But we have a small problem there. Boy, what's the problem? She happens to be my mother. How can you marry my mother? Mm -hmm. Boy says, why not? You married mine. Oh, my. It is rough. It's tough. It's really hard. It's a tough audience, folks. (laughs) It's really. As you get older... Your secrets are safe with your friends because they can't remember them either. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm okay with that. I can't even imagine the self-control required to work at a bubble wrap factory. Oh, my. (laughs) No, Arnold. And I've heard this because this is Galentine's Day. Being a woman is hard. You always want to buy something, kill someone, lose weight, and eat something sweet. Yeah. I think I said this one last week, but it's worth saying again. Oh, no. When I see lovers' names carved in a tree, I don't think it's sweet. I just think it's surprising. How many people bring a knife on a date? Oh, I don't know if we should. Yeah, uh, stop. <laughs> wow. You're tough, man. That's a You're tough. tough. I know. It is a tough audience. Wow. That's all for this hour, folks. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, you can listen to additional shows at stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. Consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps us reach more listeners and continue to grow. Thanks to Bob Berthasel for our theme music and co-host Mark Langston, and we thank you for being a part of our community of curious minds and listeners. St. Louis in Tune is a production of Motif Media Group and the U.S. Radio Network. Remember to keep seeking, keep learning, walk worthy, and let your light shine. For St. Louis in Tune, I'm Arnold Stricker. Stricker.